0: How you guys doing this morning? <laughs> Woo! i oh, way better than first service. Man, about four people cheered, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be a rough day. So I'm glad you guys are here this morning. My name is Shayla. I am Pastor TJ's wife, and we lead this church together. And most of the time, I'm over at our Pompano Beach campus helping to lead that team and just um, develop that area of our church. And I just want to say thank you to you guys, because God is doing incredible things over at our Pompano Beach campus and here. But I want to thank you guys, because back in January, you invested your resources and your time and all of those different things so that we could plant this campus over in Pompano. and it is thriving. We've had so many people come to Christ over there. tons of people getting connected in relationships, and God is just impacting that community. So thank you so much for everything that you do to make those things happen. You know, this morning, we're continuing our series called Draw a Circle. And how many of you guys have enjoyed this series so far? I think it's been awesome. Man, really just learning how to pray and what that means. And the first week TJ talked about um, Honi and he also talked about the Lord's Prayer and just how you pray and, and the story of Honi and how Honi was in a time of drought and just got on his face before God and did not get up until God did what he promised and brought rain to save that generation and save that culture. And then last week, Pastor Terry gave a message on the prayer of Jabez and just the ability that God has to enlarge our territory and to do incredible things through our life. And at the end, he told a story about the Lion King and about Simba. And I thought it was so significant, that story, just about how when Simba looked in and saw the reflection of his father, he remembered who he was. And I think think that's such a powerful key and a powerful tool in our life to recognize who our Father is and the ability that He has given us to overcome so many different things and He tells us who we are. And today I'm continuing this series and we're going to talk about persistence in prayer. And I want to share with you guys a story this morning that I found as I was studying and it has a little bit to do but not a whole lot, but it was kind of funny so I'm going to share it anyways. So... It says, the story is told of a young boy who wanted $100 very badly. He prayed for a long time, but nothing happened. Undaunted by the lack of response, he wrote a letter to God presenting his request once again. When the postal authorities received the letter addressed to God, USA, not knowing what else to do, they delivered the the letter to the president. Mr. President was interested in the letter enough to instruct his secretary to send the little boy $5. He thought this amount might be enough to encourage the young boy. And indeed, the little boy was delighted with the $5 bill. So he sat down immediately to write a thank you note to God. This too was forwarded to the president and it read this. Dear God, thank you very much for sending the money. However, I did notice that for some reason you sent it through Washington DC and those guys deducted $95 in taxes. See, this boy believed that God came through for him, but man changed the outcome of it. And I was like, man, isn't that like the government? You know? I just thought it was funny. It has nothing to do with my message, but it was a great point, so. (laughs) Anyways, this morning, I wanna talk to you guys about, there's been a key theme throughout this series and a key verse, and it's this, Philippians 4, 6. And it says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And I think in our life so many times we are surrounded by opportunity to worry. We are surrounded by things that are continually bombarding us with the cares and the worries of this world. And God's saying, look, don't get caught up in that. Instead, just look to me, pray to me, and just thank me for all of the things that I've done. Because I think so many times in our circumstances, we forget all the amazing things that, done has God, that God has done to get us to the point where we're at. And God's saying, look, if you'll just quit focusing on your circumstances and focus on me and just thank me for all of these things, different things are gonna happen in your life. And, you know, as TJ was talking about the legend of Honey, he was sharing about how Honi prayed for rain in the middle of a drought. He drew a circle, he kneeled down and he did not get up off of his face until it started raining. That is some persistence in prayer. I don't pray more than five minutes most of the time. This dude got on his face for days until God came through. You know, and as I was preparing for this message, I thought of another prophet who existed several centuries before Honi came about, and that was the prophet Elijah. And Elijah experienced the same thing. Israel was in a three-year drought. No puddle jumping for three years for Israel. I mean, miserable time. I don't know what the kids did. So for three years, they were in drought, and God promised Elijah that he would send rain. And when God gave Elijah that promise, Elijah went up to Mount Carmel, And he got on his face and he began to pray. And he didn't get up. And Elijah had a servant with him. And after every prayer, he would get up and he would, or he wouldn't get up. He would say to his servant, go look out over the sea and see if you can see the clouds. And six times he did this. And six times his servant came back and is like, I don't see a thing. It's not coming. And so Elijah continued to pray. But that's six times. Can you imagine that? I think that's when we give up. We give up in the middle of what God is doing. We give up because we can't see the outcome. See, we allow our circumstances to get between us and God instead of putting God between us and our circumstances. And we give up. But see, between the sixth and the seventh time, he prayed and a small cloud started forming in the distance. They probably forgot what clouds look like by that amount of time. But you know what, that day, God's promise came true. What if he would have given up on day six and said, God, I know you said it, but I don't see it. And I've been sitting here forever and I don't see it. What a sacrifice to generation. See, there's things in your life that God has promised you. But your circumstances have put you in this place where you can't see how God can follow through on his promise. Maybe for some of you, you've lost a job. You're in financial ruin. Maybe your kids have strayed, far, strayed so far away in their addicts, or they're in a bad place in life. But God's word says that train up a child in the way he should go. And when he gets old, he will not depart. That's God's promise for your life. And some of you guys, you may be facing a failing marriage and you're in the middle of your circumstances and you're saying, God, I don't see you coming through. Maybe some of you out there, God gave you the promise of a business or a ministry and things have happened And you're sitting here today and you've given up on that. God made you a promise, but you're in a place where you've lost hope. And what I want you to tell you today, don't doubt in times of drought, what God promised in times of plenty. And God promises us so much, He's promised that business. He's promised that ministry. But you're doubting because of what your circumstances say right now. See, like Honey, who said, I will not move from this place until God moves. Like Elijah that says, I'm not getting up off my face until I see God fulfill his promise. But I don't know about you. You might be a lot like me. I'm like, but God. I don't see the clouds coming I don't see the atmosphere changing I know you said that but that's not what's happening in fact it looks like the opposite is happening so what do we do when the clouds don't come what do we do when there's drought in our life because I think Just like a farmer, as they're cultivating their field, expect to harvest from what they planted, sometimes there's drought that affects that harvest. And I think there's three types of drought that I wanna talk to you guys about today that not only affect this world, but I think it can relate to our life. And the first one is this, it's meteorological drought. And this kind of drought is brought about when there's a prolonged period with less than average precipitation. Meteorological drought usually precedes any other kind of drought. See, and and this is the kind of drought that affects our life in this way. It's life circumstances. It's things we can't change. It's tragedy that happens in our life. It's somebody that did something to us that we couldn't control. This is the kind of drought that life just happens and we can't do anything about it. But what we can't control in those moments is our response because where there's no opposition, there's no opportunity. And I think this also, also plays out because sometimes there's these times in life where we've lost focus of what we need to do. And God's trying to position our life so that we can receive the promises that he has for us. And we're looking at it saying, I don't understand this. And God is just positioning us to receive something. See, these are things that we can't control. There's another type of drought called agricultural drought. And this affects crop production. See, this condition can also arise independently from any change in precipitation levels. When the soil conditions and erosion are triggered by poorly planned agriculture endeavors. See, what this is, is we're facing a time of drought because we have poorly managed our crops and what God's given us. We've poorly managed the blessings that he's brought to our life. See, God's given us this life to steward, And sometimes we make decisions that take us off track. And then we get into this period of drought and we're we're wondering why these things are happening. Then we look back at our decisions and how they've led us to the place that we're in. See, this type of drought is just a poorly managed time in life. So many times we faced financial, this is the biggest one that so many people face, is just financial struggles say, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this hole. But see, God's promised us to meet every single need. But see, every promise has a premise. And he tells us, when you give, when you put me first, then I will meet your need. But so many of us have been given this thing to to steward and we're spinning it over here and over here and over here and over here and over here. And then we're going, God, I don't have enough. but we haven't managed what he's given us. And we're in a period of drought. There's another type of drought and it's called hydrological drought. This is brought about when water reserves run low. This tends to show up more slowly because it involves stored water that is used, but not replenished. And there's a lot of us out there and I've been in this place before too, where I am tired. I am ready to give up life is overwhelming and I can't find the strength to even take another step because everything seems to be weighing on me and overcoming me but this happens because I've I've lost focus and I've stopped doing the things that got me to a good place I've stopped connecting in relationships. I've stopped giving. I've stopped reading my Bible. And now I'm in this place of desperation because I stopped cultivating that crop. I've stopped placing water in that reserve tank for when I run into these times in my life. See, we experience drought in so many different forms, but God's promise is always there. That crop is always there to be harvested but we can't doubt in times of drought what God promised in times of plenty. And today I wanna talk to you guys about persisting through the process and what happens when I'm praying, and I'm believing, but the clouds don't come. And as we talk about the first point, which is persist through the process, I wanna tell you guys about the definition of persistence because I think this is so key, and it says the quality that allows someone to continue doing something or try to do something even though it's difficult or opposed by other people. The state of occurring or existing beyond the usual, expected, and normal time. See, in order for us to persist through something, it requires us to move past beyond what we feel the ability to move past. What is normal in our life, And if we wanna see God do incredible things in our life, we have to persist even when it seems hopeless, even when it seems hard. And I wanna tell you guys a story just about how this is playing out in my life. And I shared this story with you guys about a year ago and I'm gonna share it again because I'm sure there was a lot of you that weren't here and I'll just give you an update kind of where I'm at, but TJ and I have been married for 14 years. And the question that comes up all the time is, oh, how many kids do you have? None. They're like, why don't you have kids? And then I have to tell the story about a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of challenges that we faced in our life. And about seven years ago, TJ and I decided, you know what, let's start trying to have kids. And TJ was so excited about the practice part (laughs) and what happened was every single month I was let down. Every single month, nothing happened. Every single month, I bawled my eyes out, and I kept like, God, why is this happening? And I remember getting a... three phone calls in the span of a week from three of my sisters that all three of them said, hey, I'm pregnant. And I was like, yay, so happy for you. And I would hang up the phone and I'd be like, God, why? Why not me? I serve you. I give my life to you. I'm in full-time ministry. I honor you with every single thing that I have. Why not me? at this just place of despair desperation i didn't even know what to do and i remember tj and i made a decision we were going to go to the doctor and just figure out maybe that'll give us some peace of mind if we just know what's happening maybe there's something that we can fix or do differently and so we went to the doctor we went through all of these tests and like months of tests and all of these different things and we sat down with the doctor who has the worst bedside manner in the history of doctors and we sit down and apparently the issue was within TJ's body and he looked at us and he said well you have less than two percent chance to get pregnant so have a great day there's nothing you can really do and all hope died basically in that moment and We had a decision to make. So we got in the car and we looked at each other, tears in our eyes, and we turned on some worship music and we said, you know what? We choose to praise God. We choose to praise God in spite of this outcome, in spite of what the doctor said, we choose this. And we cried all the way home. And I remember about a week later, I was at a worship service and I was standing in the back and I was worshiping through my pain and I stood back there and as I was just lifting my hands in worship, I heard God say, that's what the doctor says. That's not what I say. And I was like, all right, God, yeah. I believe you I believe that I will claim that I will walk in that and I walked in it for a week and I walked in it for a month and I walked in it for two months and then it was a year later and another year later and eventually I just kind of put that behind me like eh, my life's good in about a year and a half ago I heard myself beginning to tell people when they would ask me about my story with kids and all of those different things, I said, I heard myself saying, oh, I'm believing God doesn't do a miracle. I hope he doesn't do a miracle because my life would be a wreck if I have kids right now. Like, I do not want God to do a miracle. All the parents said, yes, amen. Those kids, they drive you crazy. And I was like, my life would change so much, God. I don't, I no, I don't want this miracle right now. Like, it would be too much for me. And I heard myself saying this over and over again. And a little while later, I was just reading my Bible and I was in prayer one morning. And I hadn't thought about having kids in years. I literally did not want this to happen in my life. I was like, no, God, I don't want this. I'm not going to pray for this. And I hadn't thought about it in forever. And I was in my quiet time one morning and God said, Shayla, you stopped believing for something that I didn't tell you to stop believing for. I don't know what that is. And I just kept going because I didn't want to hear it. And about a week later, we do early morning prayer at 6.30 on Wednesday morning at our church offices. You guys are more than welcome to attend. Little we'll plug for that. But so every Wednesday morning at 6.30, we're there in prayer. And I'm sitting there during my prayer time. And towards the end of that time, it came again. And God said, you stop believing for something that I didn't tell you to stop believing for. I was like, fine, I know what it is, so I was like, all right, God, if you, if you want me to start believing for that, I will, but I can't take this, I can't go back through the pain, I can't go back through the disappointment, I cannot deal with this, so God, make it quick, and I'm standing up here today, and I'm not pregnant, I'm not making that announcement, (laughs) But what has sustained me in this time is realizing that God gave me a promise and my job is to persist and to believe until that happens. And some of you guys are in the middle of the place that God has you and he's saying, just keep going. You're in an addiction. You're in a tough marriage. You're in a desperate place. Just keep going. God's promise never changes. You have to persist through the process. I want to share with you in Luke 11, 1 through 8, and I'm going to kind of skip down. TJ covered like the the Lord's Prayer, and that's at the beginning of that verse. And I'm gonna skip down to where Jesus continues to tell his disciples what prayer is. And he said this, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. So when you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door's locked for the night and my family are in bed and I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And see, I started thinking about this story, and I kind of imagined it this way in my head. It was like, this guy knows that he has friends coming into town one night, and so he tells his wife, Hey, honey! We don't have any food. Go to the store. Get some bread so we can feed these people. They're going to be here kind of late. So will you please make sure that there's food in the house? And he comes home, and there's no food in the house. And he's like, woman, I told you. Get that bread. Well, I just forgot, and there's just so many babies running around, and I just didn't ever make it to the store, and so we just we don't have any. Go ask, go ask your friend. He's next door. Go ask your friend. I bet he has some. And so he goes to his friend, and his friend's like, Brother, I'm in bed. My family is in bed. I'm not getting up to give you any bread. You should have planned that a long time ago. That's not my responsibility. Have you guys ever watched the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon? See, this is what I imagine happened next. Is he says, this is is what Sheldon does to his neighbor Penny. He goes to her door and he goes, Penny, 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 Penny. Until she opens the door. And see, this guy goes to his neighbor and he's like, oh, you won't get up. John, 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 what? And he gets his bread. And some of us. We're in need, we have things that God's promised us and we have given up way too quickly. And what God's saying is, look, get some shameless persistence. Get up and believe for these things. We need some shameless persistence in our prayers. When TJ and I were young, he was in love with me and I did not want to have anything to do with him. And We were about 15, I'm serious, the boy probably asked me out every single day. And I was like, no, every single day. And finally, I was so sick of him asking me out that I was like, look, if I say yes, will you just shut up? He was like, yeah. So I said yes. And I broke up with him the next day. But see where it got him? Shameless persistence. He way outpunted his coverage. Let me tell you that. <sighs> Thank you to the peanut gallery. But we have to have some shameless persistence when we want something, when God has placed a promise in our life, when he has placed a vision for our life, we have got to continue to go until we reach it. See, what I admire about Honi and Elijah is they got on their face and they didn't get up till it started to rain. They didn't get up until they felt the raindrops on their back. And some of you guys have given up and God's saying, get back on your face. I promise it'll happen. Keep moving forward. See, our persistence says a lot about our passion. And if we're passionate enough about something, we will do whatever it takes to make that happen. We will do whatever it takes to get to that end goal. There was a study done, and it says this, in standardized math tests, Japanese children consistently scored higher than their American counterparts. While some assume that a a natural proclivity towards mathematics is the primary difference, Researchers have discovered that it may have more to do with effort than ability. In one study involving first graders, let's see, where am I at? Students were given a difficult puzzle to solve. The researchers weren't interested in whether or not the children could solve the puzzle. They simply wanted to see how long they would try before giving up. American children lasted on average 9.47 minutes. The Japanese children lasted 14 minutes. In other words, the Japanese children tried 47% longer. Is it any wonder why they scored higher on their math exams? Researchers concluded that the difference in math, math scores might have less to do with the intelligent quotient and more to do with the persistence quotient. The Japanese first graders simply tried harder. See, there's a place where it has nothing to do with us, but nothing to do with the outcome that we can produce, but everything to do with our persistence. Don't doubt in times of drought what God has promised in times of plenty. The next thing I wanna tell you guys is that you have to focus on what you hear and not what you see. See, this is where I'm at right now. This is the place that I'm in because I know that the promise that God has given me, but I don't see it happening. And there are many times when I've said, God, I don't understand why you would tell me to do this when you're not going to make it happen. When it's not happening, how much longer, how much longer do I have to believe for this? And he says, he keeps saying, Shayla, it doesn't matter what you see. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? And maybe there's some of you guys out there and you're saying, Shayla, I don't hear God. I have never heard God speak to me. I don't know what he wants for my life. The Bible says in Romans 10:17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And you know what? You may never have heard God audibly speak in your life, but let me tell you something. He speaks to you every single day because his word says that you were formed in your mother's womb, that he had a purpose and a plan for you before you were ever birthed on this earth. He has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He said, I have a purpose for your life. See, regardless of if you've ever heard him audibly, he is speaking. And we can't focus on what we see right now. We have to focus on what, he, what we hear and what he says about us. Because you might be in the middle of addiction. You might be in the middle of a failed marriage. But God promises to work all things together for good who love, for those who love him are called according to his purpose. So do you believe your circumstances or do you believe what God says about you? See, where you are today, it's not where you're going to end up. Today, it's just your location. It's not your destination. And we have to continue moving forward. We have to focus not on what we can see right now, but on what he tells us. We have to choose today to persist. How many of you guys have been doing the 20 minute challenge that TJ talked about? One. All right, awesome. Can I just tell you guys something right now? I think so many times we look at people's life and we look at their circumstances and we say, man, I wish I had that person's marriage. Oh man, Shayla, she could believe for that. I wish I had her faith. You know what? you don't know what they had to do to get there. And some of you guys are believing for something that you're not even working for. You don't know what I had to do to get to the place that I'm at. And that meant a 20 minute challenge. That meant every day I'm getting up and I'm praying for five minutes and I'm reading my Bible for five minutes and I'm doing the Lord's prayer in the way that he's taught me to pray for 10 minutes. If you want to get out of your situation, start doing some things you've never done. Watch it change. I challenge you to take TJ up on this. If you want to see things change, start doing something. The last point is this, is we must pray through and praise through. See, praise is thanking God for who he is and what he's done. It means to value him and esteem him above your circumstances, above what you're going through. It's saying, God, I know what this says, but you are good. You are my father. You are the one that has the ability to cause all things to work together for good. It means praising him despite what's happening here. See, we have to recognize who God is and start praising him in the process. Because God isn't up in heaven wondering how to fix your problems, going, oh man, that's a toughie. I don't know how we're gonna get through that. He's waiting for you to fix your response. He's waiting for you to turn around and look to him and say, I know what you promised and I believe you. And I'm going to rejoice through this and I'm going to celebrate through this. Every single day I get up and I said, I thank God for the promises that you've given me. I believe you, God. You are good. You are able. You know, in his word, God, they give us some names that describe who he is. And here's what some of those name mean, names mean. It says, God is present with me. God is my shepherd. God is my provider. God is my healer. God is my peace. God is my victory in conflict. He is my protector. He is my defender. See, it doesn't matter where we're at. God has an answer to that. He is all you need. And if we will take our eyes off of our circumstances and persist towards the things that he has called us to, you will see victory happen in your life. You will see breakthrough happen in your life. Maybe you're sitting in here today and you're saying, I don't even know Jesus. But God brought you today for a reason. To tell you he has a hope for you. He has a future for you. He created you with a purpose. And today he's saying, I see you and I love you. In Isaiah 1 and two, I love this verse. In the message version, it says, don't be afraid for I've redeemed you. I've called you by name and you are mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am your God. Your personal God, the Holy God of Israel, your savior. I paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back and trade creation just for you. And this morning, God's saying, "Don't give up." Maybe you're on the edge of throwing in the towel. And God's saying, i trade everything to get you back. He's saying, I have a purpose. And it's time to get up. It's time to believe me. It's time to persist through this. Don't stay in this location. Let me take you to that destination. Don't stop. Will you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe there's some of you out there that today you would say, Shayla, you know what? I am on the edge. I know that there's some things that God wants for my life, but I've given up hope. Or maybe I've just stopped believing that that's for me. And you're struggling and you're in the midst of some circumstances that are overwhelming And today's the day where you're saying, Shayla, I want to make a decision to persist again, to believe again. And if that's you this morning, and I want to pray for you, if you'll just slip up your hand. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, yes. Father God, we come to you. God, we thank you that your plan for our life is so beautiful. It's so incredible, God, that we can't even see the scope of what you want to do. God, we can't even imagine that you would have something good for us. This morning, I pray for these people, God, that maybe are in this place where they're beyond hope, Their circumstances are overwhelming, God, and I pray that you would be the restorer of hope this morning. God, I pray that you would give new vision, new life. I pray that you would increase their strength, God, to be able to persist, to focus not on what their circumstances say, but God, who you say they are. And for them to take an attitude of praise this morning, God, to thank you that you are more than enough. God, maybe there's people out there today that say, I don't know you. But if you have a purpose for my life, I want that. And God, if there's somebody out there this morning that says, I want to begin my relationship with God, Lord, I pray that you would give wisdom, that you would give insight, God, that they would recognize that you died on the cross for them, that you gave purpose, that you gave life, God, that none of our sin or the things that we could ever do could separate us from your great love. So Lord, I pray if that person is out there today, God, that you would give them a new beginning and a fresh start to the incredible life that you have for them. And it is in your name that I pray. Amen.